What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to uh, another episode of the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Mr. Jim Hauser. He calls in from his studio in Philadelphia. Um, he's getting set for a print show and a big solo show next month, so it's awesome to get him on the show. We talk about Shepard Ferry, Space 1026, RISD, getting out of one's own head, the AFBL, sports first art, martial arts, print show, biscuits, Rebecca Westcott, Jonathan Levine, installations, and social media. So as always, make sure you go check out MikeMaxwellArt.com. You can click on the podcast link there and get all the information about each artist. You can subscribe in iTunes. Um, you can listen to the shows right through the website if you're not... Uh, in on the iTunes action, and if you're if you want to listen online, the show is on Stitcher too, which I never I always forget to announce that one. But you can get the show on Stitcher, and I'm sure there's some other shit out there that plays it somehow too. But um, there's plenty of opportunities to get the show. You could download it even right off the site if you wanted to. This episode is sponsored by Freakware.com. That's F R E K. W-A-R-E.com. They're a clothing company that's been uh, supporting the show for the last few episodes, which is super awesome. I'm stoked to have them on board. Um, I actually just got my shipment of of tees in today. I'm waiting to go pick it up from uh, the post office. They're a super cool brand that are aiming at uh, pushing their line towards people who are sort of more individualistic than maybe... The norm, maybe people who are interested in questioning the norms of society. They have a bunch of cool stuff for both men and women. You can get the, you can order right online at freakware.com. That's F R E K W A R E.com. Use the code word live free and you'll get 20% off. So, um, they pay the tax or, you know, that that's appropriate. Uh, so, yeah, with all that said, do I got anything else? Make sure you go follow the podcast at Live Free Podcast. Oh, I should have the Twitter up again. Let me see. I'm going to work on making that happen. Follow the podcast at Live Free Podcast. You can follow me at Mike Maxwell Art on all the different social media. You could go, go like the podcast on Facebook. There's not that many likes on it. You know, you'll enjoy it. I'm going to, I'm actually going to start posting more on the Facebook. And try to do more on the Twitter, which I've said before. But I'm, I'm, as artists who have been on the show, I figure I'll use that Facebook as a sort of venue to promote some of the work that they've been doing. Or like new stuff that the artists who have been on the show are doing. So I'm going to post some stuff up today and, and do some of that stuff. Also, you could follow Freakware at Freakware on Twitter. F-R-E-K-W-A-R-E. Freck. It looks like Freck, but it's Freak. Trust me. Has the hardy to deal with it. Alright, I think that's all. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, with all that said, without further ado, Mr. Jim Hauser. There we go. What's up, Jim? You got me okay? Yeah, I got you. How are you? Good. Uh, I might have to move around a little bit because my phone sometimes is crappy in my house. But 
Okay, no worries. Hope it's gonna work out okay. We just had the uh, I just had um, Mike Giant on uh, on Tuesday, and he had the same issue in San Francisco, which seems odd. Like of all places, like the tech city of the world or whatever, that you would have cell phone issues. I wanna I wanna thank you for uh, for coming on the show. I, I know we I think we've tried to set something up in the past, so it's it's awesome that you were able to take the time. Yeah, man. I. Uh... Yeah, I wasn't sure. I was like looking back over our messages. I wasn't sure what happened. I was probably, I probably slaked. Um, well, you know but, what uh, it is. Yeah, no, no problem. Uh, that's usually how it works because you know I'm an artist too. So uh-huh. like I kind of live on that same type of like how you got to get shit done type of mentality. And it usually takes yeah. like a few back and forth, and then it's all it's like the stars align and and timing works. Word. Um, so you and I, I, it seems like we sort of know each other a little bit via the interwebs, but we've only, we've met once before in L.A. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't think, we've never had any time to really actually hang out or whatever, but um, I know, uh, like I said, we met you in L.A. at um, at Shepherd's Studio, um, and I feel like I know you, you came up... Uh, in the Space 1026 studios, like, there's a, a whole group of you guys that I, I think some of you are connected to Shepard in some way. Did, did any of you guys, uh, were you, like, assistants for him or worked with him at some point? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we, uh, the, uh, a lot of the people, the original people from 10, 1026, you know, it's here in Philadelphia, and, um, If you move, did you grow up in Philly? I grew up in the suburbs, yeah, Philadelphia. Yeah. So I lived here my whole life, and then I, I went to Europe, Pennsylvania, for like a couple of years, and I dropped out, and then I went back, and I failed out, and I just was kind of depressed and wasn't really doing anything, and and uh, and just moved up there for like change of pace, you know? Yeah. So. Were were you interested in making art already by then, or were by by the time? Yeah, you... I was. I mean, I, I, I you know I drew and uh, I wrote a lot. And, uh, you know, I wrote like um, 
some short stories and I drew. I always kept like a sketchbook kind of a journal. And um and yeah, everyone everyone was a really supportive atmosphere up there. So and then and then when I met um you know, I met a lot of painters and stuff up there and and started making more art, just being kind of in that in in that environment, being like, Oh wow, you know, like this is a you know just like a fun a fun environment and and I was I already kinda of had that outlet of making yeah. making art but not really showing anybody. It's kind of almost like a diary. And so that was kinda of when I really started, you know, painting painting was, and, and did it take other people. Did it take going to Rhode Island or were you were you were skateboarding already, right? Yeah, I grew up skateboarding. And do you think uh, that led you into a, a more creative field? What, did you th- did one of those come before the other? Um, I think that, you know, I think the, they kind of go hand in hand, at least for me. And, and, like, you know, growing up, I always kind of liked the thing, like, liked the kind of things that you did by yourself, whether it was, like, skateboarding or, or drawing or BMX or, you know, like, things that if, uh, you know, if you didn't have any friends around or whatever that you could do by yourself and entertain yourself yeah so um I think that's kind of I think that's kind of one of the reasons why so many like people that make you know that skateboard you know they make music or you know draw or paint because it's kind of an extension of that you know yeah I've never really uh, thought about that like the the singular sports I'm sorry can you hear the the guy outside the landscapers are outside and I, every time this happens, like they're they're always on time with my podcast recordings, and I say, "Oh, the landscapers are outside," and I sound all snooty tooty, even though I live I'm in an apartment. I'm good. I'm good. I can't hear it. Okay, good. Maybe we won't pick it up then. God damn it! But yeah, the, like that the idea of things that are singular, as opposed to maybe a team sport, uh, being able to really occupy your time. Because I think a lot of artists like making stuff. I know for me that a lot of it's it's to kill boredom. It's so that boredom doesn't exist. It's to like it seems like a healthy way to occupy my time. Yeah, definitely. And I, I mean, for me, it's always kind of there's a, there's 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 always kind of been like the um, like an, almost like an escape um, element to getting out of my own head and doing something else um, other than you know whatever thinking or worrying or. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's it's um, definitely one of those things that puts you in the present moment or in some weird sort of. I use the term meditative state on the podcast all the time, and it's totally redundant yeah. now. But yeah, uh, absolutely, it's almost it's almost like you, that the like Zen idea of really being in the present moment. It almost comes with certain activities like uh, meditation, or you know, I I find it. I, I do jujitsu. So I find it doing that, or even like playing golf or something. Um, you're you're into sports, right? Do you do you do other sports? I know you you talk about basketball a lot. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I love like I love playing basketball, and I love um, I love going and shooting by myself. You know, like I like doing that, and I like I love making music. But I've never been in a band. Like I sit and sit on a computer and make music by myself. You know, like there's I guess there's there's just something about me that. That that's that's the way I'm put together, you know. Like uh, maybe I'm not maybe I'm not a collaborative person, or 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 maybe just the the creative process for me is tied to that kind of escape, yeah. escape 
kind of thing of, 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 of getting out of what's going on. But um, but yeah, I, I I hurt my back really bad a little while ago, and my my hip I had had hip surgery for a, a torn labrum in my hip, so I don't really play basketball. We used to play. We had like a um, a league that was like all artists and musicians and stuff called Art Night Basketball League. <laughs> and, uh, and it was awesome because everyone was kind of up the same skill level you know what I mean yeah and uh, but yeah I, mean, I can't really do that anymore because um, I'm, I'm you know my body's all messed up but I love to just go and, and just shoot you know stuff like that what do you think um, it is that the weird connotation of like the jock versus the artster like the art hipster like there seems it's almost like the like jock versus nerd Thing you know, like if you try to talk sports, like for like when I write on Twitter, like I, I'm a huge UFC fan, and I'll I'll live tweet some of the events because it's fun, and uh, like a lot of like the the cool art hipsters will get pissed at me because they don't want to you know they don't want to hear about it. Obviously, I, I understand tweets can be annoying, but uh, but it's just the fact that it has to do with a certain sport. That I think that comes. Yeah, I mean I. That comes from the baggage that you carry from being like 15 years old. Yeah, which we all do so, on I, some level. Yeah, of course. But and I think that some of it is like you know, uh, you know, if you're able to kind of abandon that stuff and then like you know, look at sports for what it is instead of looking back and being like, oh, you know, like to me, football represents the guys that were mean to me in high school. <laughs> yeah. versus, uh, to me, football represents like these ungodly athletes that are, you know, able to do this, this thing that I could never do, you know, that's, that's kind of, I mean, basketball is kind of my favorite sport, and I look at some of the stuff that those guys are able to do athletically, and it's just, you know, fascinating to me, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't look at sports in, in, in the respect of being, I don't look at it kind of like as, like, Oh, this is the, these guys are probably like mean guys that are like homophobes and misogynists <laughs> and, you know, like maybe they all are, but like to me what I'm getting out of it is just what they're able to do on the court, you know? Yeah. I think some people make things more divisive than they actually are. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but I, yeah. you know, I also think that on the, on another, looking at it from another perspective, uh, that if you play a sport, you're more inclined to like it later on in life. You know, like I could see that if if somebody never played any sport their entire life, watching a sport or getting involved in in the 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 watching of something never is all that exciting if you don't have any sort of experience with it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, for me, like I could speak. I, I mean, I don't watch a lot. Of, I don't. Watch Yeah. 
fight and see and I can't I can't watch a fight and put myself in it. Yeah. And that you know what that's what's so interesting since I've been doing martial arts now for and I mean I only practice jujitsu, so I I don't like getting punched in the face. It doesn't make me feel awesome. <laughs> but uh, like watching it, I know that it's it's different. Like after practicing it, I notice now that it's different than what it seemed like as just a, an average spectator. Like it was what's really funny is that when we look at these things, like they seem like actual fist fights. The and the the truth is, most of these guys that practice these martial arts are probably the least likely to get in a fight in public. And if they are, it's usually as a way to stand up to some sort of injustice or something like the total the mentality totally changes from what we see at like a bar fight or just a, a typical street fight that happens over some type of beef or something yeah I mean I guess it would have to cause once you once you're kind of once you kind of grasp like hey I know enough stuff now but I could actually kill somebody you probably have to take a step back and be like I need to be a little bit more responsible yeah well, and not only you know there's that, and there's also the idea that you learn that you learn to be humbled by people who you may not think would be able to whoop your ass. So, like all of a sudden, once you learn that there's some real killers out there, you 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 think twice even about like over, <laughs> underestimating somebody in public. Yeah, I hear, yeah, I hear that. Um, so you got you got a print show coming up that's sort of leading into. Uh, a big solo show that you got coming up in New York uh, in April, right? Yeah, yeah. This week, it's uh, this week in, in uh, up in New York, and uh, when I planned it out, I probably could have planned it a little bit better. But um, it's my a, a friend, an old friend of mine, her husband. He has a shop, and um, he does like he, he he makes spices and like biscuits and stuff for for restaurants, and. Um, a couple times a year, he does these like collections of collections of biscuits that he designs, and nice. he makes like a little pin that's like engraved with artwork, and he picks like a different artist to have like the artwork on it, and then he kind of supplies like um, a set of postcards and some um, biographical information about the artist. And he asked me to do it, and I was like, "Yeah, sure." And um, he wanted to have some some work available for the shop. And I knew I had this other show coming up, and I didn't want to do, like, two painting things. And I never do a lot of print. print. I mean, I do them occasionally, but I've never done a show of prints. Yeah. So this just seemed like kind of thing where I was like, all right, well, here's what I'll do. Like, I'll make a, I made 12 prints that are kind of only available through him. And so, you know, they're more, they're more affordable than paintings. And um, I didn't want to do anything that kind of, would compete directly with this, you know, with my, my show Jonathan, which is kind of a bigger deal. Um, but I also wanted to, you know, to expose some people that maybe hadn't seen my my work to my work and let them know about this other show that was coming up. So, um, so yeah, that, that's what we're doing. I'm going up this week to hang it to hang up all these prints. What uh, what, then, what type of yeah. prints did you make for the show? They're just like um. I guess they're like archival, like ancient prints, you know, and it's a, a small edition. They're all, they're all the same size. They're like, uh, like an 18 by 18 image on 24 inch paper, so it's square. And uh, just, uh, so it's 12 different images, and they're, I think the editions are, the editions are five. So it's like 12 different images. 
he gets them at his physical shop. Right. And is it uh, are, is the imagery similar to some of the work that you've been working on lately? Yeah, well, they're all done. They're all done in uh, they're all done in Illustrator. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of the, the like, iconography is uh, is pretty much you know standard kind of characters and patterns and stuff that I use in, in my paintings and stuff yeah. that people might recognize. You you have the um the flyer up on your Facebook. The show's called The Tip of the Sword. Yeah, yeah. Is that, that's, um, is that a phallic yeah, reference? Tape, I'm sorry. What is that a phallic reference? No, that's uh, that's like, it's actually like an army term. You know, like being like the person that's like out in front. Ah. Um, but it's also like the uh, it's a reference to like um, my my wife Jessica is um, she's really into cooking and she was excited about the show because the guy that owns this place um he supplies stuff to a lot of like really well-known restaurants in new york so she was really excited about That's, um, i was gonna i was gonna ask if you you're into like a foodie uh i'm nowhere near as much as my wife is i am yeah. only oh i am only through her you know like i'm the kind of person that can go all day and forget to eat yeah but uh but she is definitely um really really into it so um and that, 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 so the, the title of the show kind of references her because that's, that's always what, like, I always call her because when we go places, she's the one that, like, rockets out ahead of everyone and, the, and is always, like, leading the way. Yeah, it's, so, it's and, like, uh, like at the front of the ship with the sword up in the air, like, like the <laughs> pirate yeah. style. That's funny. So, and there's, like, some, you know, there's some, some references to her in the work, and, and, and uh, so I just figured it was, like, kind of a fitting title. I've uh, I've been wanting to try to make some like uh, high end chef friends because like I've been watching uh, Vice puts out. Uh, do you ever watch any of the Vice documentaries that they put out? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they have one called Munchies. Have you seen uh, it? It's a. Uh, it's, it's mostly um, chefs in Montreal and in New York, and they uh, they go to they go to a restaurant that's owned by like young cool people or whatever. And then go to all the restaurants that they like to go to, like have one night of like just drinking and binging on food. And you know, I was I was watching it. It's like, man, like chefs are a lot like artists, and you know, like every other type of creative field that it's, it's oh, on yeah, that level. Definitely, yeah. the definitely. personalities are so similar. And then, yeah, I mean, there's 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 like uh, been a lot of overlap there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, talking about Prince, I, I think, I guess, I figure, I think I first heard about you because I also worked for Shepard for two years. I guess right after, probably right after you guys, um, when he moved to San Diego. And oh, all right. so I, I think I started hearing about your guys' work through the Space 1026. I know, you know, you mentioned Becky earlier. I, I remember. You know, and really, that was at the turn of the internet, like when it was becoming accessible to to more people. Um, but I think, as like I I graduated high school in '97, so like '98, I was kind of figuring out like what I was going to do. And art had always been a thing for me. But I started, you know, like I worked for Shep and sort of got my eyes opened up to to like a whole new world of of art. And I remember seeing Becky's portraits, and it 
it like it had like a it like grabbed me. It was like, hey, this here, look at this thing. Like like it grabbed my attention, and it was it was hers. And I remember Espo did, and I feel like it was in this uh, a magazine maybe. Um, Espo did some some portraits in roller. Uh, you know the the little plastic things that you put uh, house paint in for your roller. Yeah, I remember there was a series of portraits, and I want to. I feel like I saw your stuff and like Ben Woodward all around that same time, and you guys had an interesting little collective going on. In I guess the early, yeah, mid nineties. Probably around the time that yeah, when the when the space first started, maybe. Yeah, and can you talk a little bit about that time? I guess you were. How how old were you when you when you guys all sort of formed together? Um, let me think. Um, I think the space started in '97. I mean, you could you could like I look on the internet and and, and get like set date on my memory. Yeah, yeah. Around. Um, I did a show. Yeah, I mean, I did a show. My first solo show was at the space. That was like '98. And that was probably the first year the space had been open. And um, one of the first, it was actually one of the coolest rules that they thought of at the space was that if you were like a member of the space, I never had a studio there. I, was, I never paid rent there. I was just kind of like, you know, a homie. And um, one of the things that they did early on was that like the people that were members there and paid rent didn't do shows. They only curated shows, uh-huh. so it was, it was more. It, it wasn't like uh, you, didn't, you didn't have the kind of thing where people were like joining the space just to go, so they could have a show in a gallery. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, was, it was kind of like you know, this is where I make my work, and I want to curate a show, and I'm going to give this person that I really like a show. So they were able to get um, a lot of a lot of you know good people early on to come in and do stuff. You know, like you know, Shepard did a solo show there. Ed just um, did the show. He, he was on the show, I think, uh, like four or five episodes ago. Oh, yeah. So, um, so in that period, you know, it was like it was definitely, like you said, like it was a new. And you know, as far as people finding out about the kind of art that we were all making on the internet, it was sort of a new thing. And then for Philadelphia, it was like um, it was you know the main you know the main kind of first place that you were able to kind of see that stuff. You know, like. So, um, it definitely got a lot of attention early on as far as, um, people, you know, people coming in from other cities, from, from New York or California to kind of do art shows there. Yeah. So it definitely got a lot of, a lot of, um, publicity in magazines and stuff like that. And at that um, time, was there a lot of support, uh, financially or even, you know, socially Were were people supportive of what was going on? Yeah, I mean, uh, um, I think so. I mean, I think back, like the gallery was never, the gallery itself was never designed to kind of where they were kind of like, oh, it's going to make money and pay for the place and we're all going to have free studio space. It was kind of the opposite. It was kind of like, everyone's going to have studio space here to pay for the building and that's going to free us up to have this gallery that can do kind of, you know, if we, if we, if we have an artist that we really like and we want and they do cool stuff, we don't have to be worried that they're not going to sell anything and that it's going to put the place out of business, you know? Yeah. Like, so, you're definitely, the fact that there's, 
Because it would be creepy if it was like a weird little art cult. No, no, no. It's, uh, it's, it's cool, man. I mean, it's, it's funny. It's definitely, I mean, it's been around long enough now where, where you know, people grow up and move on and do their own thing and move out. And then, you know, there's always, every year, there's a whole flock of kids graduating from art school. So there's always new people moving in. And, I mean, there's times that I can go there now and walk in and not know anybody. Yeah, that's yeah, which, that's so which awesome. Which is weird in a way. Yeah, but it's also like really cool, you know. It's almost been able to have its own evolution, its own growth. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's yeah, awesome definitely. when when a project like that can can start to. I I'm using the word sustain not in like a financial way, but like its continuation can start to sort of work itself as as the elders move on. I know a lot of you guys from those early days have moved on to do like a lot of cool big projects yeah definitely yeah there's, there's, been, some, there's, there's been some really cool stuff that come out of that come out of that place um so the after you're done with the print show you got the Jonathan Levine it's Levine right yep. Levine I, I, I always yep. want to say Levine it sounds yeah yeah <laughs> it sounds like it should be Levine but anyway yeah. so um you, you've showed there you've shown there for a few years now yeah, um, I think almost a decade I've been showing with John. I've, been I've known him for a while, yeah. And did he did he do an did he have another space in another city before that? Yeah, it's interesting. I actually met Shepard or I met Shepard. I met Jonathan through Shepard at the space. Um a really long time ago. Jonathan um is from Trenton and he was curating shows at C B He's doing art shows like kind of, not monthly, but just like a couple times a year, curate shows in TV. And Shepard had done a show with, with Jonathan in, in New York. And um, he, yeah, he was interested in putting me in a show, and I did a show with him, with like four or five other, a group show with a bunch of people I didn't know. Mm. And then, um, and then that went well, and he was like, hey, do you want to do another thing? And we ended up doing one together where I helped him curate a show that was all Philadelphia people and it was everyone, you know, people out of the space and some bands from Philly played which, you know, made me feel good because I was like, hey, you know, you guys can have that chance to play in see the TV, you know, like this kind of neat. Yeah, so, um, yeah, totally. Yeah, so then and then after he did that he moved down to 
he moved down to Philly Air outside of Philly, this place in a town called New Hope, and he opened a store store there that kind of sold. It was he had artwork, but it was also like toys and books and almost like a miniature loose paintings mm-hmm. kind of vibe. And then after that, he moved into Philly itself and had a gallery space. And then, uh, and then after that, moved up to New York. And he's been in, in the gallery in Chelsea for a while now. Yeah. So I've done. This will be my fifth show of him in New York. So nice. And so, um, what's um? I wanted to pull up. What's the title? Do you have a title for the show? Party is what it's called. So, what's what's some of the work like? That, I mean, you're about a month out. I'm sure you, you got a. Are you the type that has all the work done already, ready to go? Or yeah, everything. I'm, I'm coming in home stretch. Um, it's uh, it's pretty. I mean, it's, it's it's the same kind of vibe of photo a, a little bit different. Um, as far as how the show's gonna look. Um, you know, I kind of do you know, installations and stuff normally where, you know, over the course of maybe like six months or something like that, you know, I'll make 40 or 50 paintings and all kind of different sizes, like, you know, real small ones all the way up to maybe like, you know, three foot square ones. And then I kind of build the installation when I, when I get to whatever space I'm showing at. Mm-hmm. And um, for this show, um, I want to make bigger work and so this show is, is, is basically just um it's eight four by four paintings um the subject matter is kind of similar to uh you know my work's kind of kind of therapeutic or you know, autobiographical um but the theme I kind of noticed emerging as I was working on stuff for the show is that there's a lot of it that's actually kind of about painting you know, in, in uh, the, you know, the bond that I, the bond that you form with the piece of work that you're working on for longer than say, you know, if you're making, you know, the pieces that I make that are small pieces that are like, you know, four by six inches or eight by 10 inches, they're almost like journal entries, you know, where I go through one, onto the next, onto the next. And then when you're working on something for me, for, to work on something for three weeks or a month is, not something I'm used to, so they kind of the meaning changes I, a little bit. Uh, the the meaning changes with the time spent a little bit. The medium doesn't really change, but I think that the just kind of a relationship that I form with the thing that I'm working on definitely changes. You know, just like coming up and looking at it over and over again, and each piece, like there's there's, there's something about each piece. Sorry, my theorem, but there's something about each each piece that kind of represents like a different thing that I'm able to that I'm able to do painting wise yeah you know what I mean like yeah. there's like an exercise that on a smaller piece um you know there's a lot of pieces that are like um that are like oh, they're, I, I've been doing a lot of collage so mm-hmm. there's a lot you know there's there's pieces that where it's where it's doing a collage that's really small not as intense as doing one that's like four, four foot square so um are you interested in, in starting to work bigger? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard for me to tell you the truth. Just from, from uh, not only from like a, I don't know, the room, my, my, 
my room is like really small, but yeah, I definitely, I'm definitely really happy with how the work came out. Um, yeah, I mean, and, like you, you had mentioned your installations, and and for people who don't know, usually you'll go into a space and and paint the walls with with large mural paintings where where your paintings will hang up over the top of them and those sorts of things. So obviously, painting big has been something you've done in the past. Once it's funny, I talked to Taylor McKimmons about this, and I, I brought up the metaphor of uh, like the snake in the cage or the fish in the fish tank can only grow so big due to space limitations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely, there have been times where, like you said, like when I do like wall painting and stuff, you know, people in the past have told me like, you know, like, oh, why don't you take something that's like this big character you paint on the wall and just paint that on a big canvas and sell that? And um, that's not what I did for this show. Yeah, um, yeah. To me, that always felt like, I don't know, like there was, there's an element to... I always looked at doing the installations like I'm taking these, you know, 40 or 50 elements that I've created over the last six months and I'm turning them into one big painting in a room that's going to exist for a month and then it gets painted over when the show's over. Yeah. You know, like, and it exists for, um, you know, a little bit of time, people come and see it, and then it's gone. Isn't it funny so, how people freak about that? Like, oh my God, you just painted that on the wall and you, you know it's going to get painted over. Right, it's gonna get painted yeah. over. <laughs> exactly. That's kind of like you know that was that was kind of like uh, you know. So, I definitely, I, you know, I've made big paint. You know, made I've painted big things before. That's kind of not what I was um, what I was kind of fascinated by. Yeah. For me, it was more like you know, uh, in the past, like if I've done a show and like. You know, maybe I had one large canvas or one large wood panel that I'd worked on for a long time for the show. Nine times out of ten, like, that's the piece that, like, I bonded with the most. Not just because it was the biggest or most expensive or, you know, yeah. whatever, or even that I was the most proud of. It's just because it was the one that I worked on the most and I was able to look at it and be like, oh, when I was working on this part of it, this went on in this on this day and then when I was working on this part of it this, you know you can look back on it and kind of reflect on what the piece went through while you were working on it yeah can and, you can you pick up like let's say you have a piece that you work on I, over like a course of a few days can you sort of pick up the changes you know like how you, you like for instance the the piece that's on the um, the tip of the sword flyer you know your work has uh, you mentioned collage it's almost like you you collage all your paintings together. So some of your pieces will be what seems to be a lot of single pieces that you puzzle together, but as an entire piece, they make something. But I, I get what you what you mean when you say that they're sort of um, journalistic. That, like, I could see, like, as looking at it now on the screen, like, I could see, like, what maybe could be, like, one square of, like, a week or something, you know? And then maybe you picked it back up in a few days or whatever. So uh, yeah. you can kind of... Do you, do you find yourself going back and, like, picking out the emotions in in the different sections? Yeah, not only that, but, like, I'm... I'm like, honestly, I'm able to look at stuff and remember what was, like, on the radio. Oh, weird, yeah. You know, like, I'm able... You know, like, or if I was watching... You know, if I was watching a movie or, you know, whatever was going on, it was, like, raining really hard. You know, like, I'm, I'm definitely I'm definitely able to do that with, so, you know, certain 
I'm curious with these pieces. Are you are you utilizing like um, uh, what's the I want to say frame of thought, but that's not the the phrase that I'm looking for. Uh, like free flowing. Uh, you know, when people just write. The, you know, you mentioned writing earlier, like just writing whatever comes out, not with any necessarily preconceived notions. Do you work in that way or are you more meticulous in that like each piece has a very specific uh, meaning to you or to the piece that you're working on? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, no, there's definitely like rules to it, like internal rules that I follow. Um, I would say about 25% of the text that's on the paintings is is stream of stream of thought it's, it's just written when I thought of it at that moment and a lot of it is is repeated stuff that's altered slightly over time um the bulk of it's that some of it is things that I've read and altered to mean like the opposite of what it was when I read it or um things that were you know things that were said to me or that I said that were just completely pared down to the to to the bare bones of what was trying to be said. Yeah. Um, Do you and so like I write the, I write those things down in a sketchbook and just to remember them. You know what I mean? And then it's not like I sit down and I just like write all over the painting and know exactly what it's going to be all over it. Yeah. I kind of you know plan out plan out a good chunk of it. Um, and then. When I look at it, like you, know, you mentioned that you you're you were interested in music. Like it feels like me, like songwriting to me when I look at it. Like it's it seems to me like visual songwriting, which I I think is excellent because a lot of times, even in like I think a lot of times messages get lost and maybe aren't even picked up in some visual art. Whereas this mix, even if it's completely all allegorical or metaphorical, there's still like a sort of range where people can maybe attach themselves emotionally to it on a different level. I think you, you is that something that becomes intentional? Do, is it just accidental in the way that you've worked? Do, do you ever think about that? Like the connection of, of songwriting in comparison to making visual work? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think of I guess I do, yeah. Um, I think about it in in terms of the things I write. I try to keep them as universal as possible. Um, things that can be, you know, and then there's also the, um, there's like the element that things that can be taken, you know, things that I, that I write that can be taken more than one way that's great to me because a lot of times that I, I need them more than one way when I write them, you know, yeah, like, so, yeah, sure. um, so that's definite, that's a definite plus, like, um, there's not a lot of, I don't use the pronoun I ever on anything, um, or me, you know, it's always yeah. like we or are, um, so that's one of the rules. I want it to be more universal. Yeah, I like that. I, you know, I've been thinking a lot about that recently as somebody who is portraiture-based for myself, you know? Like, a lot of times I feel like commercially it can be difficult to 
to pass that on to a collector base because it's too specific sometimes, you know, when, when working on a very specific portraiture. Um, I, I, and I think I'm trying to work more of that angle into my own stuff now, like being slightly more vague. Yeah. I mean, it's difficult portraiture. I remember Becky struggling with that, with her work portrait wise, where, um, you know, unless you're doing a portrait that is, if you're doing a portrait of a famous person, that's one thing. Because then it's like, oh, someone might want to have this portrait. Of <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whoever you know, but for for a stranger to buy a painting of your best friend that they don't know, you know, is it, like they're buying that because of the painting. They're not buying it because of the person. Yeah. Right. So that that's the you know that's definitely the struggle with that. And I think that's a that's a the big dividing leap for a lot of people. And I think Becky was very was very talented in that aspect of even being able to paint your friends and have them uh, shine as if they were you know someone who we would think of as famous or important or who would who would stereotypically have their portrait painted. I think that being that having that ability is something that that uh, made her stand out specifically for yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, like honestly, dude, like we could do like any kind of we could do like any kind of other episode about her. Like she has shit going on art wise that is beyond me and will always be beyond me as far as what she was capable of. Yeah, like, I would love to do that if <laughs> if we could make that happen. I, I I don't know how we would go about that, but that would be uh, yeah. that would be great. Yeah. Um, so you uh, and we were talking about music. Do you, I know you've you've used uh, like amplifiers and what I assume is homemade guitars that you've made yourself in different stringed instruments. Yeah, I started making stuff just kind of like um, I, at first I tried making them actually you know that you could actually play. Like I found like uh, you know instructions online for how to make like you know. Like, kind of like cigar boxy kind of like folk guitars uh-huh. but I started making them I, I originally started making them just because I wanted to make one that I could play and then figure out how to put like a, a pickup in it and actually use it and then all the ones that I made that like didn't work I was like these are still kind of cool so I just like painted them and you start using them in shows and uh I started a while back you know like you know I've always kind of made music and started incorporating music like a musical element into the installation so like instead of having a DJ at a show or having like band play or whatever I was just like why don't I just play all the music that I made while I was making all the art for the show like through the whole the, the same period of time you know like they in my head there was a thing where I was like they came from the same place and so they go together yeah so um yeah, I started making like these, uh, you know, walled, you know, piled amplifiers and um, painting on them and stuff. And then at the show, at the opening, like the whatever half hour or 40 minutes of music that I made over that, over, over that period of time was like all instrumental, would play during the, uh, during the opening and stuff. That's so yeah, awesome. I mean, it's just something it, that... You put out an album... In the la- last year, was it? Yeah, I did. It's uh, was um, it was all it was all stuff that was based off of that. I mean, the music I made it 
you know, just like stuff in a computer and, you know, in GarageBand. Um, it's like instrumental and like super repetitive, um, real simple. And so the stuff that I put out on the record was kind of like, I took all that stuff that I made and I took the ones that I kind of liked the best and I sort of did my best to, to kind of make them into songs and uh, and then put that out with like a little booklet of, um, of just artwork and stuff, pictures, pictures of the installations, trying to give the best thing in context. Yeah. Are you self-taught? Yeah, I mean, as much as uh, friends, you know, friends show me chords and stuff like that. Yeah. I just going around. No um, traditional yeah. training? No, I never took like, any kind of music classes or anything like that. I can't, I can't read music or anything like that. Did, did, I don't know if you, did you say, did you go to art school? No, I didn't. I just, uh, I just lived up, I lived up near one. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. Yeah. Saved yourself a, a significant amount of uh, of debt. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I tell, I always, I've always said, like, you don't need to go to art school. You just need your friend to go to art school. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Because I mean, Randy, I'm sure maybe maybe it's like I'm sure now with like all the different college shootings and stuff that they've had. But man, ten years ago, like you could just walk around that place, and like if you were like young and kind of punk rocky looking, yeah. nobody cared. <laughs> they just assumed that you went there too, so you could just, you know, like, whatever, walk around, use, do whatever you want. Did um, yeah, that's kind of what I? That's what I did. I didn't. Yeah. I never went to like lectures or studio like classes or anything like that. But you know, we used like an editing day to make skateboard video and yeah. their wood shop and you know all that stuff, screen printing. It seems like such a different time now, like for kids that are coming up through the system now. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you probably could do it now. Yeah. Maybe, maybe who knows? Cool, man. Well, um, we got about fifty minutes. I know uh, you got to get the kid up here pretty soon and and go to school. Or yeah, he's got to get ready. To, oh yeah, he's got to get ready to go to school. How's uh, has fatherhood um, changed the way you make things? Yeah, it's uh. Challenge, you know, like I'm coming to group now, you know, almost three, so I've had some time to get used to it. But um, my wife and my wife Jessica is a nurse, so she works um, like three days a week, 12 hours a day. So I'm home with him, you know, he wakes up, let's say, he gets up at seven. You know, she works from seven to seven, so we're home all day. Yeah. And then um, he just started going to school. He goes, like, he goes, for, he goes to school, it's like school in quotes, he goes for like three hours. And, uh, yeah. So I'll get some work done then, and then, but then on days that he, but days that Jessica's off, you know, I, I, I my studio's in the house, so I work all day. Yeah. I'm stoked so. on, on how many, uh, artists with kids are, are able to be able to spend as much time with them as maybe, uh, us as artists, I know, like, my parents worked all day and, you know, were stressed at night by the time they got home every day and were beat tired. You know, the ability to be able to spend time with them is pretty is pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know, I I I'm kind of banking on the fact that like the um, you know the economic, the economic disadvantage that he has of having a painter for a dad is <laughs> yeah. kind of offset is offset by the advantage of like you know I've been with him every day of his life, twelve hours a day. 
Yeah, man. I, know, think so that's, I think that's really significant. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, let's um let's plug your print show again in your 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 Levine show. Uh, the print show is happening on March twenty first. Next Thursday? Yeah, March 21st, it's, uh, it's at the place called Le Bois, and it's, uh, hold on, let me pull up this thing here, I'm all, hopefully I won't lose you if I walk in another room. Alright, hold on one sec, I should have been prepared. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's called Le Bois, which is L-A-B-O-I-T-E, and it's, uh, 724 11th Avenue in New York, and that's on, uh, today. Tonight. And then Jonathan is in April. You can check JonathanLevine.com. I think the opening is April 6th. It's um, JonathanLevineGallery.com. Okay, sweet. And then if people want to check out, uh, they can go to your site, JimHauser.com, get info. Yeah, JimHauser.com is basically just a picture of me. But um, there's a contact thing there if you want to write me an email. And you're on the Facebook. You're on the Facebook. Do you, you don't do the Twitters, huh? I don't do Twitter, but I'm on Facebook. If you want to send me, I, I say yes to everybody. So. Mm-hmm. Have you got? Um, you haven't got into the uh, Instagram addiction? Uh, no, I haven't started doing Instagram yet. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to at some point. I don't do enough interesting. You know, I don't do enough interesting stuff where I feel like I, I take enough interesting pictures to do Instagram. <laughs> You're probably too critical, man. You're probably too critical of yourself. <laughs> it would just be like a picture of my like television set <laughs> every, every every day on my sofa. So, but I'm right. on Facebook making jokes all the time. So awesome. All right, Jim. I want to thank you again for taking the time to talk with me, man. I really appreciate it. Cool, man. Yeah, it was fun. I'll uh, well, I'll uh, talk to you soon. All right, Jim. Take care. All right, later. All right, bye.